Praise the Lord. Well, good morning, church. In case you might be hearing a little bit more noise than normal, uh, I do have staff members, uh, elders, deacons, and uh, some volunteers here. We're all getting just kind of ready for when we open up on Wednesday evening, August 5th, our prayer meeting. So uh, we are doing our best to make it as safe environment as possible. Mark that on your calendar, August 5th, when we're going to begin reuniting and uh, worship and praise and hearing from God's Word. Uh, before I open up God's Word, I do want to send my little shout-out to Emma. Emma, Theo loves you. All right. I want to get into God's Word now. And I'm going to begin a new series uh, my very first Bible study, about 40 years ago when I, when I was saved, uh, I did a correspondent course. Uh, the church I got saved in, you know, they, they encouraged me, start reading the book of John. And that's kind of what everybody says, hey, start reading the book of John. Uh, and I decided to take a Bible study. It was a correspondent course on the gospel of John. And that study really helped to solidify my spiritual life. And so today we're going to launch this series, uh, Journey Through John. It's just going to be gleanings. We're going to uh, go through the, the gospel of John and, and see what God has to say to us in order for our spiritual life to be strengthened. So we're going to begin in John chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 35. John chapter 1, verse 35. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? he asked. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon, so they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come, see for yourself, Philip replied. And as they approached Jesus, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. 
How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I have seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Okay, that's our text that we're going to uh, look at today. And it talks to us about two great invitations from the Lord Jesus Christ. So I've titled this uh, sermon, uh, Two Great Invitations. And so, you, as we read, Jesus saw uh, the disciples, right? Uh, John the Baptist now is traveling with two of his own personal disciples, I should say. And uh, when John sees Jesus, by the way, just a side note, some people get confused. John the Baptist is not the John who wrote the gospel. Just want to clarify that. And so he sees Jesus and he declares to his two disciples, look, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples now, they leave John and they begin following after Jesus. Now, Jesus obviously notices them, uh, but before I get to that, let me just give you a little side note today that, I, that came to my heart about uh, this situation. John points out Jesus, and then the two disciples of John follow Jesus. Now, that spoke to my own heart, that John the Baptist here represents or symbolizes leadership in church. The role, the goal of leadership is to point out Jesus to people and then get out of the way so that people can follow Jesus. In other words, uh, my job as a pastor is through God's word to point out Jesus so that in, in the hope of people now following Jesus. I don't want people following me. That will get you in trouble, right? We don't want people being our disciple. We want people being followers, disciples of Jesus Christ. So I, I encourage all of our leaders that are here, if you're watching online and you're a leader, remember, and by the way, when I talk about leader, you don't have to have an official title for a leader. If you are ministering to somebody who's younger in the Lord than you, then you are a spiritual leader. And your goal is not to get them to admire or follow you, but is to point Jesus to them and let them follow Jesus. So now, that's what happened now. They're following Jesus. But notice now, Jesus stops and turns around and asks them, what do you want? In other words, he, Jesus is saying, why are you following me? What's the motive by which you are following me? I think that's also good questions for all of us to ask ourselves. If we call ourselves Christians, Christian means a follower of Jesus Christ. And the question becomes, why are we following Jesus? What is it that we want from God? What's our motive behind being a Christian? Those were the words of the Lord. Now, the two disciples responded by, Lord, where are you staying? And that question 
led Jesus to declare the first of his great invitations. And that is, come and see. Come and see. Now, when Jesus told the disciples, to, uh, these two followers of John, to come and see, the word see there doesn't mean come so that you can visually see where I'm staying. It means a lot more than that in the, in the Greek text. This word see here means not just to see, but to know, to understand. So what Jesus was telling them is, do you, if you want to know what, where I'm staying, then I want, I'm inviting you to come so that you can know me, so that you can understand who I am, so that you can understand where it is that I abide. You see, come and see is an, a, an experience that the Lord wants to have, a, an understanding of the Lord's presence. That's what Jesus was encouraging these two followers. He said, I want you to come so that you can experience my presence. I want you to come so that you can understand who I am. I want you to come and abide with me. This is the first and great invitation of Jesus Christ because it's what Christianity is all about. In other words, without come and see, without being in Jesus' presence, without being there and listening to him, without being in the presence of the Lord and getting to understand who he is, there is no spiritual life. Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary so that we can have come and see. Without come and see, there is no Christianity. All we then have is a form, a religious form of Christianity, but we don't have Christianity. Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, and that's wonderful, and we love that, but our sins are forgiven so that we can come and see, so that we can come and experience the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Christianity is all about. Christianity is not about uh, punching a time clock and going into church services for an hour or an hour and a half every week. Christianity is not about a lot of rules and regulations. Jesus didn't die for that. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his precious blood so that your sin and my sin could be forgiven so that we can come and see so that the way might be clear because our sins are now dealt with so now we can enter into the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus breathed his last on the cross of Calvary, the first thing that happened was God ripped the veil from top to bottom that separated the presence of God from the people, you see. And we need to remember, if we are going to be spiritually strong, we have to experience, come and see. If we are going to be the people that God wants us to be, if we are truly going to call ourselves Christians, we need to understand it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about you and I coming to see. Now, it's important that we understand this, that Jesus is offering to come, but he doesn't force anybody to come. See, these two disciples, they wanted to come. And they wanted to find out. We want to just sit with you. John told us about you, but now we want to get to know you. Oh, 
listen, so many times in church, we, we gather information from other people. They tell us about their experience with the Lord, but we don't have our own experience with the Lord. Unless you have your own personal experience in the presence of the Lord, you have no Christianity. You have no spiritual life. You have religious life, but you don't have a spiritual life. No, we have to come and see. Now, having said that, I want to turn now to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. I want to also read, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture to many of us. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha and Mary. Many of us know this familiar passage of Scripture. It's a study in two different women that symbolizes two different forms of Christians. I'll say this, right? Martha loved Jesus. I don't question Martha's love for Jesus. I believe she truly loved Jesus. She invited him into her home, which is a symbol of inviting Jesus into your heart. Uh, but, and Martha, again, bless her heart, and, and in her sincerity, she was preparing this big meal for Jesus. I mean, she was throwing down for Jesus, right? But the Bible says that she was distracted by that where, now that may sound a bit strange, but she was, the meal that she was preparing for Jesus was actually distracting her from what she was better, and that was to be in the presence of the Lord, to sit, to listen, to hear what he is saying. Mary discovered that. Now, the reason why this is important for us to consider this morning is because if we are not careful, listen to me, if we're not careful, serving the Lord will distract us from being with the Lord. Do we need to serve the Lord? Absolutely. But we need to recognize, right, right, that come and see is about you and I getting into the very presence of the Lord uh, where he abides and being in his presence, listening to his voice, having him speak into our hearts, That's what come and see is all about. But there are times that we're not careful that we can get so busy doing for God that we have no time with God. And we need to be careful about that. I knew when I was in Brooklyn Tabernacle many years ago as a younger Christian and serving in ministry as an usher, one of my biggest concerns that I saw was that the head ushers never sat in a service. They were always busy. And I made sure that whenever I was not serving, 
I was sitting down in the presence of the Lord, engaged in God's presence. And as I grew in the Lord and I gained responsibility and I became my head usher, I made sure that even my assistant, if you're not serving, I want you sitting, I want you in God's presence. And the reason for that over the course of time, I noticed that all the head ushers, the men that had trained me in the ministry, one by one walked away from God. They were so busy working for God, they got distracted by that and didn't have time to spend with God. Brothers and sisters, we need to be careful because Mary discovered, she realized what was better. Do we need to serve the Lord? I want to stress, yes, we do need to serve the Lord. That's important. But our serving comes from our coming and seeing, right? We want to be in God's presence. We want to get filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to hear from God through his word so that when we come to serve, there is, we're serving out of a stronger spirit, not out of some religious obligation, right? And serving doesn't make you more spiritual. Somebody may say, whoa, whoa, well, we all got to serve. Granted, God saved us to do works that he prepared in advance for us to do. I get that. But serving in and of itself does not make us spiritual. What makes us spiritual, and I say spiritual meaning growing spiritually, getting to know God's voice and walking in obedience to that voice. The only way we mature spiritually is by come and see. May God help us all to be merry, to discover what is better. And that's to come and see. That's the first great invitation from the Lord Jesus Christ. The second one, back at our text, is found in verse 43, where Jesus uh, found Philip, and he told Philip, come, follow me. That's the second great uh, invitation. Come, follow me. Now, the, this come follow me, this word follow here, is the same word that we translate into the word disciple. Uh, it also means to accompany. So what the Lord is doing here, he, he invited Philip. Philip, I want you to travel with me. I want you to come along with me. I want you to uh, walk where I walk. I want you to do what I do. I want you to be a disciple, a follower of me. That's what come follow me is all about. In other words, Jesus was inviting uh, the, the Philip to walk as he walked to do as he did, to live as he lived. Come, follow me, is the invitation from the Lord for all of us to make sure that we structure our lives as Jesus structured his, that we live as Jesus lived. Now, John helps us to understand how Jesus lived. John chapter 6, verse 38, the Bible says this, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my will. Jesus, this is how I live. I came down from heaven onto this earth. I came to do the will of the Father, not my will. In other words, I came to live doing everything he wants me to do, not what I want me to do. 
there was one purpose in Jesus' life, and that's to do the will of the Father. You see, come, follow me means that you and I are, are living with one purpose in mind, one goal in mind. I live to do the will of the Father. I am here to do God's will, not my own will. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said this. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Then in Luke 14, 27, he caps it off by saying this. If you do not carry your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. The reason why so many people who call themselves Christian, and I believe that there's a genuineness when you invite Christ into your heart to be your Savior, but brothers and sisters, that is just the initial step that opens the door to the spiritual life. It doesn't stop there. The spiritual life is a, is a journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we all need to understand what that journey entails. For Jesus, it was one thing and one thing alone. I live to do the will of the Father. Now, do you want to be my follower? Come follow me. Do as I do. Live as I live. You have to pick up your cross every single day. You can't live selfish ways. Now, that may sound uh, simple, but what Jesus was simply saying is, it's not about what you want in life, it's about what the Father wants in life. If you don't want to do that, then you can't be my follower. Now, those are strong words, aren't they? But see, they're not my words, they're the words from the Lord himself. See, true Christianity is really living with that one purpose in mind, and that's doing the will of the Father and not my will. See, false Christianity, if I could use that phrase, false Christianity teaches us, I can accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, yet live as I please. I can be a Christian, yet do what I want to do, live my life the way I want to live my life. But Jesus said very clearly, as we read, that if we are not willing to pick up our cross, to deny ourselves every single day to follow him, then we cannot be his disciples. I hope and pray that you understand these are two great invitations from the Lord. Come and see. Come into my presence. Come experience my presence. Come get to know me, to understand me, so that you now you need to understand. The, the second one is, come now, come follow me now. If you want to call yourself Christian, which means literally a follower of Christ, then you have to follow. You have to structure your life as Jesus structured his life. I live to do the will of the Father. Now, oftentimes, I've been asked this question. How can I know what God's will is? I mean, I want to do God's will, but how can I know what God's will is? Jesus said this in John chapter 5, verse 19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. 
The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. In other words, what Jesus is saying, you want to know what my will is? Come and see. Spend time in my presence. See, because every single day that God gives us breath is a new day that God has purpose and plan for our life. God has a will for each and every single day of our life. But we can't know that will unless we come and see. Unless we get to alone with God and, 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 and talk to God and say, Lord, I want to know what your will is for my life. Show me as I read my, my Bible, God, your word. Show me the, what I'm supposed to do today. Show me the things that I need to take care of, oh God. Show me if there's something in my life that you need to correct, God. What is your will for my life? The Bible indicates that Jesus often got up early and went by himself to pray. It was that time of coming and seeing for the Lord that he knew that he saw what the Father was doing. He saw the Father healing. He saw the Father rebuking. He saw God reveal to him his will as he spent time alone in the Father's presence. See, come and see that spending time with the Lord will enable you and I to see what God's will for our life is. And that's why a lot of Christians struggle with God's will. They don't know what it is. Well, let's backtrace. Are you spending time in God's presence? If, if you're not spending time alone with God, with his word, if you're not in that place of come and see, you will never be in the place of come follow me. You have to go back to come and see. Because the Lord will always, always reveal his will when we come and see. Worship team, if you would come. Two great invitations from the Lord, right? Come and see. Come follow me. If we respond, to these invitations, if we heed them, a couple of things are going to take place. Number one, it will solidify, strengthen our spiritual life. You cannot have a strong spiritual life without come and see. And you cannot be in the very center of God's will without come and see. So, Come follow me is built upon come and see. So if we do that, we'll find our personal strength, personal growth in our spiritual journey. Secondly, it will help us in sharing our faith. In other words, look at it in verse 46. If we can put for, uh, uh, verse 46 back up on the screen for a moment. You find here that Philip went to find Nathaniel. And he is and he's claiming we've, we found the Messiah. And he, he's Jesus from Nazareth. And, and and the response was, come on, Nazareth? That's like saying, Chicago? What good thing could come from Chicago? 
I knew I had to throw in something here for my little congregation here today. But I love, I love Philip's response. Come and see for yourself. In other words, what he was saying, Philip, Nathaniel, here's what I want you to know. I want you to come and experience God for yourself. Now, the interesting thing, guys, remember, Philip had just met Jesus. So that he didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about the Lord. He didn't know what to say. You know, we get so caught up in, when we, how do I minister the gospel? I, I don't know enough about my Bible. I got to take this course that gives you the ABC on how to evangelize. Philip had none of that. All he did was he spoke from his experience. He said, I met Jesus. And I want you to meet Jesus. Yeah, but what did you? Come and check it out yourself. Why? Because, see, Philip knew when you get in the presence of the Lord, when you come and see, you're going to respond to that. Philip simply encouraged Nathaniel to come and see for yourself, to experience the presence of the Lord yourself. Nathaniel did, and he believed. I've come to realize this. People respond best to who you know, not what you know. In other words, people are genuinely interested when they can pick up that we have been in the presence of with, with the Lord. We know the Lord in an intimate way. We are building a strong relationship with Jesus, and we want them to experience that same thing. People have heard the gospel. America is saturated with it. So it's not that the gospel doesn't have power. I want you to hear my heart with this. What we're talking about is, is people want to hear what Jesus is doing in you, what he has done in you, because that's what interests them. When they see that you're excited because you've been in the presence of the Lord, when they see that you'll have joy because you've been in the presence of the Lord, then you can just come and see for yourself. You can just try him out yourself and see if what I'm telling you isn't true and isn't real. Two great invitations from the Lord. Right? Come and see. Come follow me. That lead to help us say, Come see for yourself.